Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Billy Sunday was a Major League Baseball player. He played in the 1890s and the early 1900s. But that's not his most famous reputation. Billy Sunday was a preacher. In fact, for many decades following his death in 1935, it was a compliment when someone said to a preacher, you preach like Billy Sunday. I would love to have heard him when he preached his sermon and talked about sin. This is what he said. I hate sin. I will kick it as long as I have a foot. I'll punch it as long as I have a fist. I'll bite it as long as I have teeth. And I'll butt it as long as I have a head. And when I am footless and fistless and toothless and headless, I will simply say I am waiting for it to go into perdition while I Go to heaven. There's not a person here who would disagree with Billy Sunday. We hate sin. The truth of the matter is, though, not one of us will disagree with this statement either. I enjoy sin. If sin was not enjoyable, nobody would be doing it. But it is because of its joy, its pleasure, that we do. We're going to notice this morning, sin's desire is for me. And then we will notice tonight, but you should rule over it. Let me offer to you this acrostic to understand what sin is. Self-indulgence now. That is sin. Sin is all about me. In Ecclesiastes 6 and verse 7, Solomon, the man who showed us what it means to live all about yourself, said in chapter 6 and in verse 7, a man's whole life is spent for his mouth, and yet his soul is not satisfied. Sin is about self. It's about me. 
but it is also about indulgence. I never really understood how to grasp this verse in Ecclesiastes until I found something this week. In Ecclesiastes 2 and 24, the reading in my version is, Nothing is better for a man than that he should eat and drink and that his soul should enjoy good in his labor. This also, I saw, was from the hand of God. What almost, it seems strange because Solomon's whole point was just go have fun. And now he's saying just go have fun is from the hand of God. But then I found that the original language doesn't read this way. The original language actually reads this way. It is not good for a man to eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor in his own soul. I saw that this was from God. You see what he's saying? He's saying, it's not a good thing for me just to go and live my life the way I want to. That's indulgence. Having good comes from God. It's about indulgence. And it's about now. In chapter 2 and in verse 1, he said, I said to my soul, come now, come now, eat. And drink, I'll test you with mirth, enjoy pleasure. Now, he said, here's the problem with sin. Sin says, I want to do right now what I want to do. It's not that we want to live with that mentality. But in that moment, at that time, in that situation, sin says, come and do this now, what you want. That's the problem with sin. Turn, if you will, to Genesis chapter 4. And for just a few moments, let us think about the scenario of Cain and Abel. This past Wednesday night, we were discussing this in our auditorium class. I looked at it again and found a few new things that I want to share with you. You know the story of Cain and Abel. Both of them came to bring a sacrifice to God. And God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but did not accept Cain's. I want to suggest to you in the passage that was read, God says, sin's desire is for you. I want to suggest to you that sin caught Cain. How did sin catch Cain, after God, verse 5, did not respect the sacrifice that Cain brought, 
but he respected Abel's. I believe Satan or sin caught Cain in jealousy. He was upset. My younger brother is approved of God. He did a better job than I did in God's mind. I don't like that. And he was jealous. But do you notice number two? It was at that moment that God said to Cain, Why are you angry? Number two, sin caught Cain in anger. In his anger. God said, why is your countenance fallen? If you do good, you will be accepted as well. Though God did not accept his sacrifice, God said, I will. If you do what's right, I'll accept you too. But in his jealousy and in his anger, he killed his brother. Even after God talked to him and warned him and said, sin's trying to catch you, it's trying to take over you, you better watch it, you need to rule over it. He let his jealousy and he let his anger lead him into murdering his brother. How many times has jealousy or anger unchecked led to sin from which terrible consequences result. Sin caught Cain through his jealousy and through his anger. Number three, Sin caught Cain through a lie. God said, where's your brother? I don't know. Those of us who have raised children, we hear that all the time, don't we? Hey, where'd your brother, where'd your sister go? I don't know. Hey, why is your brother or sister crying? I don't know. You know what that means, right? That usually means, I know, but I'm not telling you. I know because it's my fault, but you're not going to find that out. But God finds it out. I don't know. He lied. Now, Cain, now think about this for a minute. Just think for a minute about that scenario. God is having a personal conversation with Cain. He's talking to him. And Cain lied. What are you thinking? I mean, parents might not figure out the lie. But God? God's going to get it. If you get so caught up in something that you are willing to have a personal conversation with God and lie to his face, how 
desperate a situation are you in? God said, fine. Because of this, here are your consequences. Because of what you've done, I'm going to send you out. You're going to be a vagabond and a wanderer. You're not going to have a place that you can call your own. You're finished. Oh, I can't handle this, Lord. They're going to kill me. God said, fine, I'll put a mark on you that they won't. Now, we don't know what the mark is. I could suggest the idea that maybe the mark, since that word is used for a miraculous sign sometimes, maybe God just simply said, here's a sign for you. Here's a miracle that will prove to you that I'm not going to let somebody kill you. Maybe that's what it is. But either way, God was trying to help him, even in his sin, The consequences of sin, we don't know going in. If we always could see the minute we're about to sin, what the consequences would be, we might not be as willing to do it. But the consequences on the other side oftentimes are far worse than we ever could have imagined. Sin caught Cain. But sin then caught Cain's family. I want you to notice what happens in verse number 16. Then Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. I don't think it meant that he was standing here and he went over there. I think Cain left the Lord behind. He went away from him. He was not talking to him anymore. He decided to live over there away from the Lord. The reason that sin caught Cain's family is because Cain took his family away from the Lord. And now he has to pay the consequence. The next story we have, verse 19. One of his descendants, Lamech took for himself two wives. Now in chapter 5, we find out that Adam was 130 years old when Seth was born, whom they had after Abel was killed. And they had many sons and daughters. So by the time chapter 5 opens, we know there's 130 years that has passed in the history of the world. I don't know how much time passed from the day of creation until the time that Cain and Abel were born. And how old were they when this story about their sacrifice came about? I don't know. But I can imagine it may be 50 years at the most. How long had it been since God told Adam and Eve 
In Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. And they too shall become one flesh. And Lamech just set that aside. And he took two wives. But that's not even all. Cain killed his brother. Lamech killed two people. Why? Because Cain set an example. Cain started down the path. Cain took his family away from the Lord. And therefore, Satan, through sin, caught Cain's family. We need to be aware and we need to protect our families. But finally, sin crouches to catch. When God said to Cain in chapter 4 in the text that was read, Sin lies at the door. That word lies means to crouch in the corner or to crouch in hiding. First Peter would say in chapter 5 and in verse 8, Your adversary the devil walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. Satan is a predator, crouching and waiting. He's an opportunist. Paul said in Romans chapter 7, in speaking about the law, he said, if I didn't know the law of God, I wouldn't even know I'd ever committed sin. If the law didn't say, you shall not covet, I never would have known that I had coveted. But then he says in verse 7 and in verse 11, sin through the co took the commandment in an opportunity and I sinned. In other words, God said don't and sin says, well, that might not be right. It's more fun if you do. And then in verse 11, sin by the commandment deceived me. Just like Adam and Eve were deceived, God or Satan through sin deceives us, taking an opportunity, waiting in the corner, seeking to jump. That's how it works. This opportunity comes when he lays a snare to a man who's going to serve as a bishop in the church. He shouldn't be a new convert. He might fall under the snare of the devil. The rich in 1 Timothy 6 and 9 are told, you be careful because your money could become a snare of the devil and to Timothy, 2 Timothy, 
Paul said he hopes that everyone will come out from the snare of the devil. Sin is an opportunist. Satan crouching in the corner waiting for us to reveal what it is that he can use to catch us. And when he catches us, he puts us in a snare. And if we're not careful, we're going to create far long-term consequences that we may not be able to escape. Sin's desire is for you. God's desire is for you. So sin is competing with God. Satan wants you to be with him. And God wants you to be with him. And so Satan is trying all he can to say, I'm going to catch you. Let us be aware of what sin wants to do. It wants us to be happy in a moment so that we will be destroyed in eternity. It is so hard to learn that lesson. It is so hard to see that consequence in this moment. But let us be encouraged that while Satan is crouching, the Lord is extending his invitation to help. I hope today that you with me will say, I've sinned. I'm going to change. I don't want to be caught. I don't want to be in a snare. Lord, forgive me and let me move forward. Help me to be strong in the consequences that are going to come, knowing that if you forgive, you don't remove consequences. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.